0: We're live, boys. Okay, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Beyond the Beyond the Board. Boys, we made it. We could retire. Two episodes <laughs> in. So that's it. That's more than
1: we ever that, thought we were gonna dude, do. I was gonna say,
0: to that's be fair, this
1: is the most we've committed to a live thing ever.
0: Seriously. Um, I'm Drew uh your occasional dungeon master your storyteller and for some very lucky individuals the newly appointed professor of muggle studies at the Beaubaton academy of magic so thank you
1: (laughs) congratulations professor
0: i was gonna go with hogwarts but there's like a two percent risk of getting eaten by a snake i don't want to mess with that so What (laughs) what are you gonna do you gotta be safe yeah france is nice anyways so is it an
2: all-girls okay. school? Are you the one dude in an all-girls school?
0: <laughs> yeah, teaching Buggle Studies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, needless to say, I don't think I'll have a big turnout. So, and as I long am... as I can keep fooling people that I'm not a wizard, it'll be a good time.
2: Uh, um... I'm I'm Juan. I am uh, unfortunately very well versed in Harry Potter lore, despite uh, you know being written by a turf. But that's fine. The movies are great. <laughs> movies, you know. A lot of other people worked on those, so I'll talk about those all day. Um, <laughs> by the way, fuck turfs. I'm wearing an anime but, shirt. Uh, I don't know if we're ever going to release these videos, but if you can see that, hell yeah.
1: It's anyway, a nice me. shirt. Uh, I'm following. I got no other introductions besides that. You guys kind of... We, hit it.
0: All. we yeah. hit it on the head.
1: <laughs> you guys took all the cool ones. I'm just here. Cool. Cool.
0: <laughs> well, besides <laughs> hating turfs and being a, a muggle, we took the cool ones, Yeah. <laughs>
2: listen i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hate on anyone for not for liking harry potter because i like it too i just can't i feel contractually obligated to always bring up how much i hate jk rowling every time it gets brought up
0: yeah (laughs) and we could probably go on we could go on this whole episode on how controversial she is and all that stuff on twitter but why would we waste our time talking about her
1: (laughs) we have Uh, fun things to talk about
0: we do, which brings us to our topic of the day, which is mainly focused on, can we guess? D&D, yes. This is not a DD and d focused podcast what? per se, and who knows how long of tangents we'll go through um, and maybe not even talk about this main topic, but for this, it is going to be about character creation, the best part about D&D, honestly. It's not even playing, but coming up with characters. If any of you WoW heads are listening, you know what I'm talking about. Hell, any any game, the best part about it is making a character. Let's be real.
1: I was going to say Skyrim, any Elden like, Dark Souls game. I think
2: it, de- it depends on how you look at it. Because it's like, if the character creator takes too much time and it's like a couple hours before I'm going to get into the game, I fucking hate it. But if it's like, okay. all right, here's yeah. some like starting stuff that's going to take you like maybe 10 minutes tops and then like slowly throughout, you can like build it out. That's the shit. I, like, I just I just barely finished playing yeah. Elden Ring, and, like, I switched my build-up, like, four times.
0: What was it? I haven't played it yet. Give us um, a review. Uh,
2: definitely, I think... I've only ever played Sekiro before this, um, and so I still prefer Sekiro, but I uh, I definitely consider myself, like, a FromSoft fan now. I don't know if I'll go back and play Dark Souls. Uh, thinking about picking up Bloodborne... Maybe especially. It's think it's a good one. It's a good one. But I, I think it's solid, especially if you like those kinds of games. It's fun because it's like it's definitely the most forgiving out of all of them. Because like if you're stuck on a boss, since it's open world, you can just go somewhere else and level up. Or like switch up your build if you want. That's the uh, one thing that I
1: will say is kinda hard about Elden Ring, is there's a lot of farming in single spots because if you try to overstep your bounds, boy, you get humbled.
2: Um depends on how good you are.
1: And I'm oh, not. that's so, a flex right there. <laughs> I gonna say I'm like I'm one of those people where I I didn't play Sekiro, I didn't play um I kind of played Dark Souls 2, but I just overcommitted and fizzled out. Yeah. And Elden funny. Ring has been the first time like I actually have played a more intensive game cuz I'm one of those people like when I game and this kind of goes to D&D as well like When I play games, I like to escape and be good at what I'm doing, not just get my ass whooped over and over and over. So this is the first time I've actually taken time to be good and like actually grind. So
0: that is a funny story that leads me to this funny story, I should say. So I thought I was a pretty good gamer and I had never played the Witcher series. So I got the Witcher games. It was like... 20 bucks on steam for the full collection kind of a bummer they probably wanted to more money out of it but i got three games i'm happy with it in the loading screen it's like how experienced of a gamer are you and i'm like i've been gaming my whole life i got this so i chose the hardest mode and i hated it i hated the game it sucked so bad it was so hard and i was like why does this game suck so bad and i switched the settings like oh i'm just a dumbass (laughs) This game isn't hard. I just suck. (laughs) And so I switched it to, like, the moderate or whatever, and it was a great game. It was fun. So I get what you're saying, Colin. I like to escape. I don't like to be challenged.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. Like, sometimes I just like to escape from reality and just enjoy myself, you know?
0: Yeah. And so... Like I said, we will go through all sorts of uh, tangents with this. But one thing I do want to say about Elden Ring, I haven't played it yet, but it looks beautiful. Like the graphics, it looks freaking awesome. Like even just watching, Juan has shown me his screen a couple times when we've been hanging out on Discord and stuff and watching him play even just third hand like that. It looks amazing. And streams and all that stuff. Really cool game. Oh, I
2: I, my final review is: I highly recommend it. Uh, even if if you've ever been curious and playing like a Dark Souls game before, it's you're the right. one to try out. Even if like it's the only one you play, it's because it gets the most forgiving. Because uh, you can summon like help, um, <clears throat> you can do like magic spells. You can cheese bosses a lot easier. Go back and over level for another boss if like you're really having a hard time. And so like it's it's fun. It's fun. You can
0: just move on you're having a tough time it's so open world just go somewhere else and that's
2: and that's why it's so much more forgiving than the other ones because the other ones it's like it's super linear so if you're stuck on a boss you're just fucked yeah you just got to you know you just got to plow through it but with this one it's like oh i don't have to fight this giant tree sentinel i can go explore this other area of the map come back like 20 episodes later and whoop his ass hell yeah yeah that
1: that that
0: tree sentinel remember me well, here's <laughs> my dick. <laughs> uh, okay, so getting to our main topic of this, character creation, there are many ways in D&D to where you can create a character. With this podcast, for now, we're going to focus mostly on 5e. Obviously, there's a lot more detail that goes into it, 4th and 3.5 and even AD&D. But with this, there are certain ways you can do this. There's the point-buy system, which I'm a big fan of. You know, you get a X X amount of pool of points that you can, like buy to uh create your different modifiers and stuff and then you can always risk it and roll it and get a bunch of crap stats and guess what that's fun to role play too um boys what's your favorite way to do things how do you guys go through creating a character
2: i personally am a big fan of uh roll four dice take the three highest just i don't know it's just fun i've I've gotten some pretty uh like higher stats doing that but i've also it's also fun when you roll complete shit and you stick yeah. with it It's like you know it's, it's it's always fun it's like obviously if it's like your first time playing it really just like work with your dm however it works whether it's point by or re-rolling when i so whenever i run games i let people do the roll one but then i let them re-roll the two like the two lower ones if it's complete shit so like four uh, ones like four ones yeah. I, at that point i would make you re-roll all four um, uh, I'm, I'm pretty forgiving as a DM because I just think people should have fun. And obviously if it's your first time, you'd, you're not going to really know how to like role play. Yeah. If you have, if you you have a negative modifiers of players right out the gate. And in the, and you know, the, some of the shit that you're going to try and do just to be penalized right off the bat, I don't think is very fun,
0: but yeah, so I,
2: I prefer the role method.
0: Yeah, and I, and I do too. And I, I think you hit it right on the head. Um, it's all about having fun, right? And for those who don't necessarily are well-versed with D&D, what we're talking about is on your character sheet, when you first get like this character design in your head, you actually roll numbers to put on your stats. They basically defines what your character is good at based off a number ratio. And The lower number, the suckier you are. The greater number, the more godly you are. It's pretty simple. There's only been one time where I've had a negative modifier at the start of a game. It was actually actually really fun because it added like kind of tension when i was like in combat it was my strength modifier i was playing a wizard and i think it was a 6 so a negative 5 like i pretty much shouldn't be able to get out of bed in the morning like, that's how weak I am. And so whenever there was a strength saving throw or anything, it was just like, well, someone come and get me. <laughs> I'm stuck. I need all the help I could get. <laughs> so it, it, it adds some risk to it as far as like you got to be more smart about what situations to put yourself in. But it's actually it can be a lot of fun, too. This brings us to our segue into our next one um what are the favorite characters that you guys have played now we're going to split this up into your favorite class which doesn't have to be the same favorite character that you've played um but we're going to do both of those favorite class and favorite character
2: well before we, before we move on i want to point out that the, the biggest confusion what? people have with dnd stat wise is they think that So how stats work, or how basically the crutch of D&D is just, you tell your DM, I want to do this thing, and your DM goes, okay, roll this and apply this. So if I'm like, I want to break this door, the DM's going to be like, give me a strength check to see how strong I am to break the door. If my strength says 18, I'm going to roll a d20, you always roll a d20 on whatever it is what you're doing but i don't add the 18 a lot of people think that's what it is the 18 determines what you're adding and i'm not going to go into specifics of that but essentially it's the higher the number of the stat. so in this case like an 18 i think an 18 is like plus four is that's, that's what you four. add if you're ever really? looking at a dnd thing and you're like how does this work your a yeah. your dm will help you but b the number determines what your actual modifier is and that's what you're adding to see so it's like if i roll d20 plus four for strength It's going to, you know, it's looking pretty good that I'm going to break open this door. But but yeah, you'd hope so.
0: (laughs) 18. Unless you roll a one and and then you fail. Yeah. And in D&D, another thing I'm going to add there, there's a baseline stats for commoners, like regular people. So like if I was in the D&D world, I would have zeros all over the board. I would just be 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, zero modifiers. That is average. I might even have some negatives in there. I'm not the toughest dude, you know? And so. Intelligent. To have 18, man, you're Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime, bro. You're freaking tough, and it it that's another thing that people like just don't get. Like, commoners, us people, we're, we're we're just zeros. So to have a huge plus modifier on that, trying to break a door down, damn, you better break that door down. <laughs> yeah. You're a tough man.
1: <laughs> well, it's such a low probability, and that's why I think it's more funny to watch, like per se, a barbarian or a gladiator or someone like like is the big buff build. They fuck up something like that, and it, it just, it's like you said, with the negative modifier, it just makes for comedy and a little more stress, and I love it.
2: Colin, right? not you start us off? What are your favorite, I guess, characters yeah. or classes?
0: Yeah, favorite character you've played, and then what's your favorite class?
1: I think my favorite character I've ever played, oh my god, I think it was the, the, the fighter monk. Okay. I, I like to multi-class a lot, just because it opens the doors, but if you don't know what you're doing with multi-class, like I did in the beginning... It can lead to a lot of confusion, and it, it's fun, but you have to know the mechanics. It's one of those, like, baseline things. But the um, Jid, if you guys remember him, yeah, my little my little monk.
0: That was in Strahd, right?
1: Yeah, That's a good but... Yeah. It's super fun to learn how those classes stack up, be able to kind of, like, hack the system, and when your DM throws something at you, just be able to, like, versatilely Handle it with versatility. There you go. That's how you use grammar. Hey,
0: but you <laughs> got there.
1: You got there. <laughs> but you can handle, like, so many more situations and in, like, a colorful fashion, which is kind of the fun of playing D&D. Like, whatever your imagination entails, you can kind of fuck up, and the more you open those doors, the more you can do... But it's one of those things like you have to walk before you run. And that's like my favorite character or the p- favorite build is probably a rogue to start off.
0: Yeah, rogues are super solid, super simple stuff. And they're a great time.
1: Well, they can get but... it so OP down the line as well. So it's super fun. <sighs> to yeah. have those capabilities that, like, grow with your character, get those sneak attack bump-ups, like, one-shot bosses. Is, again, just a super cool build to be able to grow with.
0: But what makes rogues so strong is their... it's the word I'm looking for. They're strong just across the whole board, you know? Like, they never fall off. Like, you could argue they're probably a squishier level 1 class because they don't have a sneak attack yet. But, I mean, they get sneak attack level 3, and it's, like they if you have it how the rules in 5e work it's just advantage so it doesn't have to be surprised you can get sneak attack it's just it's they like are strong five
1: or seven like you're capping yeah
0: i mean i when, when the last campaign i ran, i had a rogue who was hitting for like 60 damage and like there's and he was like level 12 it's, <laughs> it's crazy and like there are ways to manipulate which is kind of fun what he did was he took the mountain combatant feat which lets you fight on horseback And that mirrors with the rules of gaining advantage because his horse is provoking uh, advantage because it's imposing on them. So if he was on his horse, how the rules are stated, he would get sneak attack just from being on his horse because there would be two people imposing imposing down on one character which I, as, like, that's not how the class is designed. When you think sneak attack, you get the drop on them. But no, you have a big horse, and then comes a little poke from behind, just swinging off the saddle, hitting them, getting a sneak attack every time. It was wild.
2: One of my one of my favorite characters that I've ever seen uh, Colin play was Brun, because I remember... I don't know exactly what it was, and it was a homebrew, but I know it was essentially a rogue, and I remember you dimension-doored behind a boss, and that sneak attack that you rolled while my character was coming in from the front, you almost one-shot the boss in one go, and the rest of the boss fight, which should have been us getting our asses kicked, was us chasing the boss because Drew was like, they can't kill her just yet, and she just booked it. And I'll never forget. Them. <laughs> I'll never forget the shenanigans we found ourselves into. I think it was like our first full session we had all played together um, that hadn't like ended prematurely. And you just I just remember how flabbergasted the entire table was when you were like, oh, "I'm going to dimension door behind her. She's too busy focused on Juan's character, so she doesn't notice you, and then you sneak attacked." And just the I don't even remember how much it was, just but just the fact that you depleted a Good, boss's sorry. health bar in almost yeah. one shot. <laughs>
1: I'm pretty sure I hit for, like, 70-something, if I'm not mistaken, because I yeah. had I had multi-attack, I fucking critted on the sneak attack, and literally, like, I could not have rolled better. The D&D gods were all in the favor that day, but, oh, yeah. my God, just full clapping her, then Drew's just like, she turns tail and just says, fuck this shit.
0: <laughs> you know, and that's the thing that's so fun about this game, you know? It's like there as a dm properly you should plan for pretty much anything to happen like if they choose not to go after a certain event it's supposed to be like a simulation where it's like they don't have to you know if they're like ah uh, this that town folks were a bunch of jerks to us anyways we don't want to save them from the fire who cares Let's let
1: them burn them, right
0: you know and so me preparing what i think this boss is going to be really exciting take multiple hours playing It was over in 20 minutes. Oh, my God. I have a
1: tangent after this. For
0: for me, I'm just kind of like, I just threw my notes in the trash right there. They killed her in, like, two turns, and I was like... That was awesome, <laughs> you know. Like, wait, I, I, don't even, I, don't even, I don't even know what to say. Like, uh, this is this is this
1: is prime. That's Maybe like I a proud dad me. moment. You just like stare at your players. You're like, oh my god, I'm so happy.
0: My favorite is watching like Matt, uh, Critical Role, and Matt. He'll, you can tell he's like it didn't plan for that to happen. He'll go, yeah, and he'll just like well, throw his things. He's like, damn it, man, I wanted to use this, and they just beat it
1: too quickly. It's you have my, those moments quite a bit. Okay, my two tangents for Critical Role is my favorite interactions, and I always forget his name, but he plays the uh, gnome bard in Vox Machina. But their interactions together, because they both know the rules so well, that when they go head-to-head on, like, big boss battles or shit, it is the funniest thing to watch them, like, try and outwit each other. Yeah, it's, it's definitely fun to watch. And then the DM tangent for people beating shit way too fastly... When we were playing that, that uh, pirate one I set up, I set up this super dope shadow ship mechanic. Like they went into a mist and they were supposed to like be mirrored <laughs> by this universe. boat. And that at first they were like completely stumped. they like, we try to turn away. I was like, it turns at you like it's a mirror, but it's also inverse. So if you try to run away, it chases right after you. And one of my players is just like, wait a minute, it's exactly our ship, correct? And I was like, yeah, st- like top to bottom, it's your ship. He's like, cool, I'm going to aim the cannons for where the gunpowder is, then I'm going to aim my flame shot pistol and then shoot that. And I was like, if your roll does it, man, that this works. Rolled a nat 20 on both shots. I created 30 characters for this ship. I stayed up just creating so much shit. Oh, man. And to have it end in like, like you said, 10, 15 minutes. I was like, oh, my God, I'm I'm mad. But that was so fucking cool. I am not prepared. <laughs> yeah. It was just like, well, I have things that we can do. But that was pretty much the session, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Good job, guys. You did it. Yay. <laughs> Cries inside. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, slowly rips up the notes.
0: Yeah. Just like, uh, F- I didn't need those anyways.
2: <laughs> um, I would say. My favorite classes, are, I guess, I and mean, this is—I'm super biased because, like I said, I think it was the first full session we ever played from start to finish. Like not session, but like campaign. Yeah. Um My favorite character was D. D the it, it was a homebrew, but it was pretty much based off of Death Domain cleric. Um, yeah, D he was, was a
1: very fun character. Really,
0: really fun. I—I
2: yeah. I don't think I've ever had. I don't know. It was just. It was definitely playing a cleric just gives me a god complex that I'm very much about. I've played it a couple other times since D. It, I mean, it D doesn't my hit favorite. real life at all. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't translate. <laughs> no, but like play, D was dope. I mean, we flavored him. We, uh, which I thought was, I thought was super cool. With Drew, as initially, I was like, oh hey, he's like, can he like be the horseman of death? Like, can that just be a thing? And Drew was like, yeah, why not. And then Drew ended up basing part of the plot around the oh, fucking yeah, apocalypse. Stop, like, the horsemen of the apocalypse
1: and shit. He had to find war, time. pestilence. Because he
2: based it off of that Prince of the Apocalypse campaign. And I was like, hey, what would it be kind of cool if my character motivation was that these cultists that are trying to bring about an elemental apocalypse what if like my motivation to stop them was the fact that like i know that my job is to one day bring about the regular apocalypse or i guess like whatever D's version of the biblical apoco- apocalypse is and drew was like yeah fuck it and, he, and then he made the other ca- the other three horsemen that just like randomly showed up and then we like made up that they couldn't be in the same room or like the apocalypse would start like i thought that was cool <laughs> that was a- But just like just the cleric's a little hard, but I think it's like a good mix of like magic and martial. Like I like I can still hit shit and like be good at that and like wear my heavy armor, uh, but also like all the spells and stuff that you can get, uh having the god complex of being like, I'm gonna heal you now, or I'm not. (laughs) And like, you know, and it's just like it kind of feels good knowing that like your party can be at their a game because you remembered to prepare revivify so if any of them die <laughs> you can bring them back
1: that goes into another character that i haven't played but i was just like watching youtube videos again of like multi-classing just cool builds that you can do a cleric paladin just being this like holier than thou person that is so devout in your believing of your like divination or your your deity that you just have your spells prepared, can be a brute as well. Like, you're just a fucking powerhouse of healing and SmackDown, and it's terrifying.
0: Yeah, clerics are really fun to play. And they, what was really fun about D was it took like this dark side to it. And like, like Juan said, like, the, he's like, yo, can I be the horseman of death? And I'm like, yeah, we're just trying to have a fun time. Why the hell not? Like, let's do let's ride with it, bro. Let's freaking do it. And like um at the end of the campaign, I was like, how do I make a dragon, a white dragon born uh freaking horseman of the apocalypse? Okay, we'll make them dragons. Let's do it. Let's just – we're going to commit to this. Let's just go all the way. So at the end of the campaign, I was just like, you know, this is – let's just – instead of being horsemen riding their freaking things, let's let's just make them be dragons. They were restrained to this dragonborn form, and when they all come together, bam, he's a white dragon. It was really like, sure – uh, hey dm maybe cut back on the brakes that's a little overpowered back like, hey it was fun man it
1: was a good time and like well, and it, it, was it was like cool. the finale as well so i don't yeah. think it was overdone like if he had just gone like seven sessions as a young dragon that would have been fucking just too much well but you the- balanced
2: it out too because you told me you're like you can use this whenever you want now that like your potential's been unlocked but it's gonna take like 80 percent of your spell slots
1: yeah that that's how you I
2: balanced time. it was like i could yeah. turn into a giant dragon but then i couldn't do magic and so yeah. like and then you also gave me a time limit yeah i think you still it was essentially like druid's wild shape where i think i have like a 10 minute max which is still pretty long and oh in, yeah and d and d standards since like combat translates to like six seconds around um, but essentially it's like i could turn into a dragon for a boss fight but if i fight anything else that day i can't use magic so like i can't save
0: people yeah. So it, it, it was balanced and I thought it was it was pretty fair. That's why I had no problem with doing it. And it was just cool, you know, let's throw some dragons in there. And we could go into a whole episode long about how there needs to be more dragons in D&D. I feel like they don't come up with dragon, the dragons. There's enough dungeons. Be free. We need more dragons. Uh, there's enough dungeons <laughs> enough cultists, enough undead. Fuck it, give me some dragons, man. I, I guess uh, I'll finish no. off
2: like my bit, like I I was talking about this with you earlier before we got on uh, before we got on camera but um, I we I like playing against the type like the clerics I've played have never been like the religious holier than thou people that people like expect a cleric to be like you expect them to be like a missionary essentially like that's exactly what they're supposed to be it's like oh yeah like oh um you know you can every repent every time and you do meet this, someone like, yeah like, like, like devote yourself to my god and I'll save you sort of a thing but like the clerics, care play, about
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the,
2: the clerics I play Jesus Christ the clerics I played which it's actually kind of funny. And then now that I'm, I'm literally having a realization as I'm talking about it. Actually, really reflected how I viewed like growing up Mormon, where like I had a lot of issues with like people that were like running the organization at my clerics core. They're big fans of whatever whatever deity they followed. And so like for D specifically, he wasn't a big fan of Death, who we called Italics Death. Because I was, D was, D was obviously short for death. So I was, like, regular, like, capital D death. And then there was Italic's death, who was, like, our boss. And, like, the way we roleplayed that was, like, D respected him because he had to, but he also wasn't a big fan. But, like, he was a firm believer in, like, the mission and the message of, like, keeping... And it wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm like the horseman of death. I'm going to kill people. It was like, oh, the balance of like life, like life has yeah. to end so that new life can start. And you have to keep that in check. And like D was a firm believer in that, but he it never pushed it on people unless it was like necromancers, um, yeah. which was cool. But like he, but he was also never like this devout dude that was like, you have to do these tenets or whatever. It was, I don't know. That was cool. Like, I don't like playing with the type um and so i think it's cool when people do that and i guess to end off a whole spiel cleric was probably my
0: favorite and what's your favorite class just in general is it cleric too uh
2: cleric um i cleric in general to start off i always tell people to go fighter just because magic can be a little confusing having to like keep track of the spells
1: known versus slots i like... would
2: say if you're gonna start with a magic class go cleric um or paladin just because it's not as like over the top confusing or over the top as like sorcerer or wizard would be um so it's like if you're gonna go magic go i say cleric and i'm biased in that uh but i always say go fighter or go monk monk is probably my second favorite class of all time just because it's fun to uh jump in there like fuck up a bunch of dudes with a bunch of hits and then like just like be the most just badass, just Jackie Chan like monk and yeah. motherfucker Seriously. like all those wire yeah. kung fu movies. The fact that you can do that in like a medieval setting is just badass.
0: It's like Guy from Naruto, you know, he's just Pretty out there with man. And then like <laughs> you if you got a good DM,
2: it. if you have a good DM, yeah. they'll follow the rule. Everyone, anyone who's played DnD has heard this: is shoot your monks. Like yeah. the ability that like if you they have an ability deflect to negate the damage to deflect the missile, and if you if you negate the damage all the way to zero, you can catch whatever it is that's being shot at you and throw it back. Just, like, the moments like that. So being cool. able to run along the walls. Monks are just badass. So it's like, if you want to have fun, uh, yeah. nothing confusing, and just, like, be a badass, play a monk.
1: Yeah. Dude, uh, and doubling down on the monk. Like, the drunken master, like, you were playing in the one campaign. It, There's so many fun archetypes with it. It takes the deflect missile, but it goes to, like, hits as well. So if you... Is is it if they miss, or is it if you do like the same mechanic as deflect missile? Like you can roll for the hit and like deflect their hit back. So drunken
2: the... drunken fist is specifically if you're fighting more than one person and they swing to they swing to hit you and miss, like the rolls not high enough to yep. beat your armor class. You can use your reaction to redirect the hit into the other person. So that's like, right. If you and Drew were coming at me and rolled and like Drew missed. Um, I could in the role play, about about essentially right. I like bopped and weaved in my little drunken sway and you
1: punched you in the face instead. That which sounds was, about right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: sounds like what would happen.
1: <laughs> and that's um, the way it plays out. in like the role playing as well. And it's just so fun to watch that shit play out. Yeah. And that's what I think, uh, again, going into like the character creation side of it all. Like you can know your party and kind of tailor it to them. But if it's your first time and you're just looking to have fun at it, it, treat it like that don't be the super serious person that goes in that tries to follow the rules to the t tries to play the stereotypical character like if you want to play a paladin that forgot his way and then finds his way back cuz that's the story you want to do d- talk to your dm and have fun with it like there's nothing yeah. again it's it's the bounds of the imagination doing this shit so whatever you can come up with just try
0: and that's a great that's a great <laughs> you know cuz it's like I like to say the player's handbook and the rules, they're just guidelines. They're not they're not. No one's forcing you to play this, you know, like it's it's all about just having the fun.
1: police is not going to kick down the door. if you. No, <laughs> they're,
0: like, <laughs> they're like you're giving these people way too many advantages for things I'm like <laughs> my effort. We ball in here. Wizards of the Coast, who cares? That leads me to kind of my um, perspective of creating character. Colin brought this up, you know. I have had some people who've come into play in my games where they're like, what do you need in your party? And I'm like, I don't need anything, man. They're they're just here to have a good time. Like we have two fighters, we have like no magic, but you don't need to play that. And they're like, "Well, I want to balance the group." I'm like, "Well, if you want to do that, that's fine, but don't feel like you have to. There's yeah. I, if there's no one in the class who can heal, there's a lot of fun in the game to like go find a priest to heal or like bring someone back to life outside of your party, you know? Like and there's
1: always people for hire in the world. Again, you just have to ask the DM and like Play around the rules. Don't yeah. just narrow yourself down to exactly. what is there.
0: So I feel like some people like I have a friend in particular who will come into and want to play for a little bit. And like no one wants to play a healer. He's like, I'll play a healer. I'm like, if you don't want to, don't play it. And then they get burnt down and doesn't want to do it anymore. You know, where he's like, oh, I wish I would have played a warlock. I'm like, we'll play a warlock next time. You know, it's we don't need to. I will give you more health potions if I know no one can heal in your
1: party. I yeah. will give
0: you opportunity to meet an NPC who heals, <laughs> you know, like I
1: will balance this out. I'm um, not going to fuck you guys over. So the, yeah. again, it's like the D and D that, wow. The D M is not your enemy. They're there he's to like, yeah, he's there to like, make the, the story go along.
0: So that kind of brings me to my, my part of it. My favorite character I played this was kind of an interesting story. Um, I had been DMing for a whole year and I never got to play and my my buddy was like, "Hey, I want to run a session and I'm going to create your characters for you." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "I'm going to assign classes because I think I want to have a balanced party cuz this campaign's going to be really tricky." I was kind of iffy on it. but I was like, "Okay, hey, whatever." So I got to design my character and I just got a class stapled onto it. And which was cool about it, it was a sorcerer. Then my character was Tobias Plum. if you guys remember playing with me in that yep. campaign. So he I don't like sorcerers like I and I if in this campaign, if I wasn't assigned a sorcerer, I to this day probably would not have played a sorcerer. But because I know they're
1: in my opinion,
0: well, I think they're OP. I think they're stupid strong. And like, (laughs) I would rather play a wizard for the utility than play a gun slinging arcanist wizard. Yeah. Or a sorcerer. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like. I didn't want to play it, but I gotta enjoy the sorcerer aspect of it and it was really fun. Um my character was a businessman through and through. He was a politician. What makes him my favorite character was he did he was atheist, he didn't believe in the gods. And in a medieval fantasy world where the gods are very present, he knew gods existed, he just refused to believe in them. He's like, This is <laughs> F, <effed."> you know? <laughs> like like why, why do we have all these conflicts? Why am I going to believe in you? This is effed if you guys are yeah. so, uh, you know, omnipotent and all this stuff like that. So he just refused and he stumbled upon this old church and, like, there are a bunch of begg- beggars, like, asking for coins and stuff. And he just threw all his money into it just, like, to help the people out. And, like, the god visited him and was like, you know, no one's ever done that in my church before. He's like, I'm not surprised this place is a dump. Like, 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 what do you want from me? I- <laughs> and she's – the goddess was like, you know – I need someone to like bring my church to fruition and stuff. And his whole backstory was like hunting down this dark deity who uh, not dark deity, but like demon ass ass um, thing that killed some people in his town. And he was like, well, if you help me, I'll help you. And she's like, you don't believe in any religion. How can you help me? He's like, no, but I'm a politician.
1: <laughs> I know how, I
0: know how to get people to do stuff. And I so it's like I, I, I may not believe in you and may not believe in any religion, but I could get money in your church. Watch. And my DM was kind enough to give me kind of the reins. And I ended up running this church for a short time. And it was really fun. Dude, that was but I was not the religion hilarious. aspect of it. I was the businessman behind it. And it was, it was it was fun. That's why he was my favorite character. My favorite class Is Bard. I love Bard.
1: Bards can be very fun.
0: Bard, I don't like. I think they're hilarious, but I don't like the horny, seduce everything
1: Bard. I was gonna say, like, yeah, fuck a dragon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't I like those are hilarious listening to and like even seeing at a table with, but that's not my style. I like the storytelling Braum from the the inheritance cycle series, like Aragon and stuff. Like the, the old storyteller. That's my vibe with it. Um, I think the Inspire feature is busted and super fun, and anything with utility I vibe with, so.
1: I'm going to make this all about me, but the the multi-classing. Sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I like to be a main character, Okay. It's my world, y'all are Bro, in I'm it.
0: just i I'm just a side character in my own freaking life, bro. I've accepted it.
1: <laughs> I feel like we all are. Everyone <laughs> tries to feel like they're again. It's like that Crystalia thing. It's, everyone wants to feel like they're Denzel Washington, but you, you're the guy that sits in the background and watches him walk and do cool shit. I've
2: I've accepted my role as the token friend in everyone's lives. It's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, doing Bard with like a, a fighter build is super fun because you can bolster yourself and your people around you as you get into combat being a warrior who plays music it it kind of has like a bruce lee-esque way about it you make it an art form instead of just like beating the shit out of these people
0: yeah and that and that's the thing like it's kind of a a troop in the in the fantasy culture that bards are musicians and so, like, but Bards are also storytellers. Artists. They're they're yeah. artists. They're dancers. They're all these things, you know? And so, like, I kind of like to play the old storyteller who throws, like, spices into a fire to make purple smoke and stuff like that to entertain, like, kids and stuff. Like, the Gandalf vibe type of thing. Did you ever yeah. look
2: over the, the Raven, Ravenloft supplement that came out last year?
0: Uh, I, I haven't yet. I haven't bought it. There's but some I've looked cool... into
2: it a little bit. It's called... It's the College of Spirits. It's a new subclass for Bards, and it's dope because it goes off of that it's like you don't have to be a musician. You can be someone who like communes with the dead. So essentially, oh, like a, cool. not like a fortune, I guess like a fortune teller, but like the the like the mystic, like <laughs> yeah, like, the like the mystic of like uh, yeah, like the medium. That's the word I'm looking for. Like you yeah. can play like a medium type bard where it's either using like tarot cards or like a crystal balls like your focus and like so you give people like readings and like speak with like their loved ones. But then it translates cool. into gameplay of like you summon the spirits of like old dead warriors to come fuck people up for you.
0: That's cool. That's really cool. See, I would vibe with something like that for sure. Um so that's why I like bards. I think they're just so versatile and you can do so many things with it. As with any class in D&D is um which brings us to our final segment in your guys' opinions and advice to new players just starting, they listen to us. They want to go play tomorrow. Ooh. What is the class you advise for them?
2: I'm going to say, I mean, I already said it, Monk. If you want to feel like a badass and you want to pick it up quickly, Monk is the easiest class to figure out. Um, it's so, it, Floria Blows and stuff, just Monk. Monk's the way to go.
0: And then yeah. our cleric next. Monks are dope. Uh, what about you,
1: Colin? Um, I think mine, the, uh, my first class I kind of effed up just coming into it fresh. I, I used a cleric so I w I wouldn't if you again if you're not used to spells don't go for that. But if you want to play with spells, cleric is a good first place to go. But I personally liked the rogue and barbarian. Because I like I like to be sneaky and there are some of the people that I have played with that like kind of get into it. They get enticed by like the sneaking in the shadows, collecting intel, like being more methodical about how they go about the process. And that's where rogues get a little more fun. Right. And then barbarians, if you just, if you don't know how to be sneaky, it's the complete opposite. You just go into it full-fledged bashing shit. And that is also a very fun mechanic to play with, just being the, the desensitized brute.
0: Yeah, it's a bards are not bards, barbarians are great starting out. But yeah, um, just
1: easy easy builds are kind of the, the hand-to-hand combat sneakies.
0: Right. And for me, um I think the easiest one to to learn off is Paladin. We Juan, you mentioned this too. And the reason for that is because starting out, you're the very typical plate armor, sword, shield, whatever, the uh, holy righteous crusader essentially um and you just you go into the combat you get smite at level one which is awesome um on hit you can roll an extra damage die if they're evil characters or if you're bad paladin good characters and it's it's a really awesome mechanic it's really strong um and what i think they're great for new characters is because to build a backstory can be kind of intimidating for people and with paladins, it's kind of built into it because you take an oath at level two and it's kind of your whole ethos on life. So it's like, if you're a paladin for justice, you know, you uphold the laws at all time, no matter what, you don't really need to come up with a story of like how your character came to be this. you like, you took this oath because of this one injustice you suffered in your past life or something. And it's like, boom, you became a paladin. You're now this injustice. It makes it really easy and kind of fun at the same time. And then in later stages of the class you get spells so it kind of teaches you all aspects of the game which makes it easy so that's my recommendation
1: everybody loves a good paladin everybody
0: loves them so and with that and um, we've addressed every segment without getting too off topic look at us go boys look at us go. proud of us yeah any last remarks any last words before we go back to our normal lives
1: um as depressing
0: the, as that was no we don't uh, like that bro
1: yeah, I was gonna say first. Just, I, I don't want to go back to my normal life, so now I'm gonna think of more shit <laughs> to talk about. But <laughs> I go back to school tomorrow, so I'm like, let's post, let's let's take our time. Right, <laughs> I just had a four day weekend for my girlfriend's birthday, which was so nice. Nice. But I go back tomorrow, and I cover an early shift, so I have to go in at five a.m. Uh, last remarks: Have fun with your character build. Don't take it too serious. Love yeah. your life. Love your family. <laughs> <laughs> I meant last remarks for
0: this episode, not life.
1: call. Oh. <laughs> I was about to end it all the way you said that. I was like, damn, oh I didn't realize we were going out. You said we got to we you said we got to two episodes. I was like, that's Cap. That's life. We're yeah, done this is that. the podcast.
2: This is last episode.
0: Yeah, thanks for everyone listening for this 36 minutes or however total running time we have. So it was a good see time. You guys <laughs> at, uh,
2: see you guys on the next project.
0: Yeah, next week. Uh... Who knows what yeah. we'll be talking about, but hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, leave larping. a review. Yeah, we're LARPing. Damn. I get prepared. Uh, leave <laughs> us a review. It helps out so much. Comment, whatever you want to do. Let us know how you like the show or not like it. We just want to hear. Let so,
2: us know what you think about Drew's mic. The yeah, amount of messages I got about that one. Uh, Drew, I didn't mean to embarrass you like this, but the amount of text okay. messages I got. I'm sorry. It's, a, it's <laughs>
0: okay. I'll take it. It was horrible quality. I even put it on the post. It improves in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I got a new mic. That mic was trash. And hopefully we should have clear, clearer quality from now on. So if not, gross me, please. (laughs) Uh, Well, this is it for everyone from Beyond the Board. Uh, We'll hear from you next time. Well, you'll hear from us next time. I'm not calling anyone. (laughs)